1: It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
0: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact,
2: Welcome, y'all, to the Best Bits. Happy Saturday, but more importantly, happy birthday, Mike D. Yes,
3: thank you. (laughs) Today is a big
2: day, and Mike D is on my podcast, but not only is he the guest today, it's also his birthday.
3: Turned 31 today.
2: The big 31.
3: Yeah, there's nothing more exciting about turning 31. (laughs) I think I'm, like, past any exciting birthday anymore. 30 was, like, it from here on out, like... 40 to look forward to? Yeah,
2: I was going to say, I think it's like the decade birthdays. like 30, 40, 50, 60, the zeros.
3: And I can no longer die young, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> I
2: think 31 <laughs> is still very young. I don't know. Do you not feel young anymore?
3: I don't feel young anymore, but I also, I don't feel old yet.
2: Mm, fair, fair. You're like right in that in-between gray area.
3: I feel adult.
2: You feel adult.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel old yet.
2: Did you Do you have any big plans for your birthday? Have you done anything yet?
3: I don't really like my birthday at all. I don't look forward to it. I don't really like doing anything on my birthday. So I like to keep it very low key.
2: Well, Says the same guy for the, his 30th birthday running out of movie theater.
3: I still feel like that was low key though.
2: It was low key. It
3: was just going to watch a movie. You hang out in a room. But I think when it comes to my birthday, that's why I don't look forward to it because I don't like attention in that way mm, and fair. also like when I was a kid I never really looked forward to my birthday mainly because I didn't have friends so you're
2: hurting my heart right now.
3: <laughs> I didn't like I didn't I like when I was a young kid like my families would get together and you know we'd have that type of thing but I never had birthday parties where I invited kids from school I was also never invited to birthday parties from kids from school I think I got invited to one ever and was never invited again
2: mm gosh Mike
3: but I just never look forward you don't
2: do anything insulting to people I don't I don't understand I, I just
3: grew up not having a whole lot of friends so when it came to my birthday I would often celebrate it like just with my family I think the saddest birthday I ever had was like my sister was in college my brother went to like some like music festival and it was just me and my mom she like took me to Walmart let me pick out something And I got pizza from Domino's. And I think that was the saddest birthday I ever had. Oh, my goodness. So, like, I I never really look forward to, like, setting expectations to, like, my birthday being a fun thing. I just, like, turning the age, liking the Facebook post of people saying happy birthday. And I kind of move on.
2: I mean, this is, you know what? I'm putting it out into the universe right now. You all are hearing it. Make sure you wish Mike D a happy (laughs) birthday. He loves all the love he gets on social media. So, make sure you do that at Mike Distro on any of them. He will like them and be happy to see them. On a happier note, what was your favorite birthday?
3: My favorite birthday. I mean, last year was pretty good because that's a very rare time that the entire show is hung out.
2: True. We don't hang out like all together very often.
3: Like all together, we took like a picture where like literally everybody from the show is in it, <laughs> which is a very rare thing. So, uh, That happened so very few times that that part of it was special to me. So of recent memory, I think probably that one.
2: So what you're saying is we just got to do that some more for your birthdays.
3: I enjoy that because it's cool to see everybody come together and hang out and nobody talked about work. (laughs) True. (laughs) Because they weren't allowed to talk. (laughs) It was just kind of fun. Uh, Not everybody loved the movie, which was fine. But I just thought that was a fun dynamic of... Everybody getting to hang out.
2: We totally could have done it too for this birthday because you got Lightyear out, you got Elvis out. Yeah, There's but so you many can't things. rent movie
3: theaters like that anymore. Really? I tri- I looked into it.
2: What I, happened? What I changed?
3: thought about it. That was at a time last year where movie theaters were still struggling to bounce back. Mm. So they were doing that. You can rent out a movie theater for, I mean, that was cheaper than us all going and buying individual tickets, but now you have to do it like way in advance, limited show times, like on weekday afternoons. You can't really just rent one like that anymore. So, cool while it lasted.
2: Well, that's a bummer, but you know what? You got a limited edition birthday is what happened there.
3: And in the grand scheme of things, I'm more excited now that movie theaters are kind of back rocking Mm -hmm. again. So, they don't need to do that. So... As a movie fan, that's exciting for me.
2: They are. Movie theaters are thriving right now. I mean, when I go to a movie, they're packed.
3: Yeah, they are packed now. Mm -hmm. I went to a movie on a weekday night and there were people there.
2: Yeah, I think people are starting to remember what that feeling used to give them. And they're like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. I know that's how I feel. I went to my first one back like right after we were kind of starting to come back. And I have not changed since. I keep going for all the new releases.
3: Yeah, I think it's fun again. And everybody's remembers how fun that experience is mm-hmm. and how much it adds to the actual like movie going experience. So it's cool to see impact again.
2: Definitely. Well, I'm glad you did have a limited edition birthday. That's what we are now calling it from okay. now on because that was your favorite one. And now it's even more special because nobody gets to do it. Yeah. So we're good. We're just going to see it that way. Okay? All right, cool. But we do also have to get started on on the rest of the bits from this week. Um, in case this is your first time listening, this is the Part one of the Best Bits podcast, where basically I break down the show, we talk about things that happened, and if you want to actually hear the bits that we're talking about, then you'll go listen to part two, and that'll be just the bits. But personally, I like part one the best. It's my favorite.
3: It's the sit down. (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: the interviews. It's the fun conversations. And I have decided to do this. You know, We've been doing the Best Bits for nearly two years now, so I feel like I know everything about everyone at this point. So I've decided now... That in these couple new episodes that we're going to do the next few weeks, I'm going to ask random questions and we're going to get to know us even better.
3: I love random questions.
2: Yeah, they're random. (laughs) They're great. So we're going to start off with them. At number seven, though, Lunchbox um, read Bobby's children's book to his kids and it was hilariously chaotic. Like, they didn't understand that a dog was going to school. They were fascinated with a school bus. It was a whole thing. Like... I think I laughed relatively hard listening to his kids and him trying to read this book.
3: It's funny to hear how chaotic Lunchbox's house is.
2: It's exactly (laughs) how you would imagine Lunchbox's house to be.
3: Yeah, it matches his personality of all the sounds of him just trying to read a book to his kids.
2: Yep, and, and they're, they're like, not the about it.
3: <laughs> I can only imagine when they get older and if they have a similar voice to his, mm-hmm. what a family discussion will sound like.
2: Especially when you got three <laughs> boys going there. I mean, they're all going to be like yeah. him, you know? So that was just a peek into what we're going to see in the next coming years with when they start to get <laughs> to be adults and teenagers. Um, but yes, okay, random questions. You ready? I am ready. If animals could talk... Which one would be the rudest?
3: Ooh. The rudest animal. Mm -hmm. I'll let
2: you think about it. I'll let you get get a little, like, ideas going in your head. Okay. Because I got two. Okay. I think it's either going to be a zebra or an alligator. Those are my two ideas because alligators are very aggressive and they do not care who's in their way. (laughs) They live their life exactly how they want to be and they just demand attention, right? And then zebras kind of sneak up on you. Like, you think they're really majestic, cool creatures, but they kind of feel like they could be a Karen, and they just come out of nowhere and just hate you. You know (laughs) what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like it could be a zebra or an alligator.
3: I could see that. I think the one that comes to mind for me is one I've had a personal experience with, and it's probably a squirrel.
2: A squirrel? I think they would be
3: the root... They look cute. They They look like you could cuddle up to them, but... I've been scared more times by a squirrel than any other animal because they like to get into our trash bins. They'll go and dig the food out and sometimes they'll just be creeping in there. And then when I come up, they just pop out and scare the crap out of me. (laughs) So I feel like they would be the rudest just because they like to at least scare me. Mm. But it's also they're very like fidgety. Like they're just always like look like they're late for something. Yeah, They're like, (laughs) like dodging around. They'll just take off running and then end up climbing up a tree. They just seem very chaotic. Very, so f- that's true. I feel like they would be rude, have rude personalities.
2: And we do have the story of the lun- of the squirrel attacking lunchbox. So that did happen. Yeah, it so, happens. <laughs> so I I would go there. I just I guess I wasn't even thinking about the ones that we see in our backyard every day. I was going like full on <laughs> adventurous animals. I
3: mean, the other one would probably be a dolphin because I think they're so smart.
2: Oh, they are so smart.
3: They feel like they would be like cut a sarcastic insult to you, mm-hmm. I feel like a dolphin would be on that level. Yeah. They would hurt you on an emotional level.
2: I would say they would like cut deep. Yeah. Like the squirrel would like hit the surface and the, the dolphin would like nose dive deep. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Great point. Okay. Uh, would you rather have no nose or no arms?
3: Probably no nose.
2: Same. Mm-hmm. But tell me why.
3: I could go without smelling anything and my face looking off. I need my arm for a lot of things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So true. If there's one thing I've learned anything with not being able to smell is that, you know what? I could probably be okay without my nose.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. You still Mm -hmm. can't smell.
2: Still, I'm starting to get whiffs of things, but I've been saying that for like the last year and it hasn't done anything.
3: (laughs) I remember one time I popped a breath mint before we did this. And then you were like, I can smell that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I get really excited when I can smell things. But I've also learned that my smell is not 100% accurate. So if I smell something, it's probably not the same way you're smelling it.
3: And is it affecting your taste at all? Like, do you enjoy food less because you can't smell it?
2: You know, I didn't think so at first. But yes, like some cheeses have started tasting like soap. And that's the one that disappoints me the most because I love cheese. Um, But besides that, uh, I haven't quite noticed if it is, I just think I'm, uh, you know, ignorant to it. I can't figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you. I think we need our arms and our, our hands. I think that one would be hard to not have. Um, if you could be in any movie, what would it be?
3: Ooh, in any movie. Mm-hmm.
2: This I, is Movie Mike, by the yeah, way. He's the expert.
3: I think my lifelong goal is to have a cameo in a Marvel movie.
2: Mm, fair.
3: So I would like to be in any iteration of a Spider-Man movie. Yes. Even if it's a small part, like saying one word, I think if I could do that in my lifetime, I could die happy.
2: And, you know, I think I've told you this before, but I I watch like all the Marvel shows and stuff. But there's the ending. Okay, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. uh, movie series or TV series Um, at the end of it, at the end credits, there's this guy that makes this noise to like end it. And I swear every time it's you. I swear, like they pulled your voice from somewhere and they're using it because every time it goes off, I'm like, that's freaking Mike. That's funny. I'm telling you, if you ever get a chance to listen to like the very end, it's like, it's like a dope, it's like sounds like kind of a Homer Simpson type sound, yeah. but it literally sounds like you.
3: I gotta go listen to that. I'm telling you, I
2: feel like it's you. I feel like they stole something from you and that could have been your cameo all along. You just never knew. <laughs> Um, or, or somebody out there has a voice very similar to you. You have a voice doppelganger.
3: That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that. Right. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I love that. And you are a big fan of Spider-Man. He's your favorite superhero, right? Yeah.
3: Hands down. Favorite.
2: Yeah. And there is, you know what I also realized too about just off track Spider-Man, but, uh, Doctor Strange, the new movie came out on Disney Plus, but the new Spider-Man movie isn't even out. And it came out before.
3: Yeah, I don't think it'll go to Disney Plus. There's a whole weird thing with the ownership of Spider-Man.
2: Because of Sony and all that? Because of
3: Sony, because of Disney, they have kind of a relationship of they allow him to be in the MCU. But when it comes to streaming, it's not going to be a Disney Plus movie.
2: That's confusing. crap. Yeah. Like, why can't they just pay Sony like extra to be like, okay, it can be on streaming. It can also be on your streaming.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, that's why it was so exciting for me when he was introduced in into, I think it was Civil War, where the first time Spider-Man came into the MCU. It was a big deal because he was just hanging over here in Sony kind of carrying that. But to have them all together, I'll take it of, you know, not being able to watch it on Disney+. Plus.
2: Yeah, as long as he stays in there, that's for sure. But I he was could like,
3: go away eventually, though.
2: I let's not. We're not going to put that out into the universe, Mike. We're going to believe that he's always going to be there, okay? Okay. That's your favorite guy. We can't we can't kill him off or anything. I know. So, but yeah, I did see that and I was really disappointed because I do want to watch it again. I'm notorious for watching movies over when they come out.
3: I went out I actually bought the Blu-ray. You I haven't did? I haven't bought a Blu-ray in probably 10, 15 years but it felt like a piece of like movie history that i needed to own and i wanted to watch it and i know you can pay like the 20 bucks to rent it or whatever or to you know buy it digitally but i just wanted to own it
2: fair i mean i think you'll love that you have it like 20 years from now yeah at least i believe
3: hopefully <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you even have a dvd player though to play it
3: on my playstation Okay. I can play there, but I don't, yeah, I don't have a DVD player. I don't have a blueberry player.
2: Yeah. I was going to say like, if you have a, if you have a video game system, then you do, but that would be the only way. Yeah.
3: It's been years since I put like a disc in a hole to watch anything, but it felt <laughs> fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very fair. I feel like I would, I, I love the idea of being a superhero, but like, I also love the idea of being in a romantic comedy. Cause then it could also feel like my real life but not really. Yeah. (laughs) So like I could star in a rom-com, particularly Sweet Home Alabama, since that's my favorite, or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. If I could have been in one of those and been like the rom-com lead, I would have been like, this is my life now.
3: (laughs) I could see you in that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when you're a kid and it's raining and you stare out the window and you picture yourself in a music video or something? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with rom-coms. Like when I watch them, I'm like, I could do that. I could live in that.
3: (laughs) When you go like watch a rom-com in theaters and you leave... Do you kind of feel like you're existing in that world for just a little
4: bit?
2: Yes. And it makes me so happy. (laughs) For like a brief moment, I feel like so much bliss, right? Because rom-coms are all about this bliss and happy like story of, you know, defeat, but also love. And -hmm. it's funny in the process. So whenever I leave one of those movies, I'm always super happy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to find romantic comedy in my life. It's going to be amazing. And then like I'm snapped back to reality when I have to drive in my car and things hit me basically. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, sometimes. Do you ever feel that with any movies?
3: I think with mainly like action movies, if I get so hyped up watching it and I feel like this rush of adrenaline while watching the movie, I leave on that high mm. and then I'll get in my car and I'll kind of feel like, oh, I'm still in the action movie. I to get chased. Like I have that rush kind of going in me and it probably takes a good like 30 minutes to come down from that. Yeah. To where like, oh, I'm not in the movie. That didn't actually happen. That was all fictional.
2: Doesn't it feel cool, though, that movies can make you feel that way?
3: Yeah, that's what I love about them. Mm -hmm. They make you feel something and anything that can invoke an emotion like that. That's why I think it's so powerful. And why I like movies more than I like TV shows is because it feels like a shared experience when you go watch a movie with somebody. You can't just hop into a TV series with somebody. But when you go watch a movie together, experience something, and then afterward, it affects you emotionally. I think that's why I have such a connection with movies.
2: Very true, but also, if you watch a TV show with someone, you get to know that person a lot. You find out a lot of things about them in that process. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And speaking of TV shows, if you could be a fictional character, I guess this could also be a movie, but if you could be a fictional character, who would you be?
3: I would probably be...
2: Let's let's make it TV show. Since we just talked about movies, if you could be a fictional character in a TV show, who would it be?
3: Oh, that's a tough one.
2: Yeah, because I know you'd have easy ones with movies, so I I honed in. Easy ones with
3: movies. What would yours be while I think of mine?
2: (sighs) I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Jessica Day and New Girl, because I love her life, like just the course of her life, how she goes to live with these three guys, and she comes out with this incredible life because of it, and just this whole journey of fun and chaotic things happening to her. I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. if I could place myself there and have her life, that'd be amazing. Um, That would be the first one that comes to mind. But I also love Kim Possible. (laughs) That'd be another one. I did love that.
3: I think it's hard for me to like look at TV shows and see myself because growing up in a Mexican family, like I never really had like a TV show that I could look to that looked like me, one on my race, but also like where I come from. Like everybody had nice houses on TV shows. (laughs) They had like, I mean, obviously it's all fictionalized. They have perfect lives, but it was hard for me to relate in that way of like seeing myself and other people. So if I were a fictional character, I would probably want to be the brother on Even Stevens because I felt oh, like he yeah. had the coolest life. True. Like Lewis had like the life I wanted growing up. <laughs> they had the cool house. He had, you know, living out in California. That was always like the life I envisioned of growing up. And I just remember California being like a, such a distant place of like that I would never go there because it always seemed so cool in my mind. And I remember the first time I did get to go to Los Angeles, it felt like, wow, I'm actually here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You are the brother of Evan Stevens. You gotta go to California. I
3: felt like I was living that out. Mm -hmm.
2: That's pretty cool. But I mean, a bummer that you didn't have that representation in TVs growing up. That's super unfortunate. And hopefully for kids now, that isn't the case as much. They've definitely gotten better about Um, showing all different types of people. So I hope that that's not as much of a thing.
3: Yeah, and I think we've seen it now in TV Mm -hmm. shows and movies. It's becoming more of just like inclusive of everybody Mm -hmm. so that no matter where you're coming from, your background, you can see yourself represented somewhere. I think that's important.
2: Absolutely. And I do, there is one, you know, there is one show that came to mind when thinking of you. Have you ever watched or heard of Jane the Virgin?
3: Yes, I've seen it.
2: Do you like that show? Yeah. That could be one, but that didn't come out until later. That didn't come out until, gosh, I think I was in like maybe my late teens, early 20s. So, I mean, that tells you that that took 20 years to make something like that.
3: Yeah, I think the first one I remember was the George Lopez show Mm -hmm. of having that sitcom Mexican Family. That was a show I really loved as a kid because of that reason. Yeah,
2: I do. I remember that soundtrack. Oh my gosh, that soundtrack. I would leave my TV on at night. (laughs) The the lowrider. Oh my God. It was stuck in my head for every night because I would fall asleep to it because it'd be like Friends was on. It was like Nickelodeon or Nick at Night or whatever. Friends would be on and then I'd watch George Lopez. It was like the the sequence of events, but I'd always fall asleep during a George Lopez episode because I was at like midnight. should have been in bed. And I'd wake up and that song would be stuck ding, in my head. Ding,
3: ding, 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 <laughs> <Every time. laughs>
2: I think it's like been trending on TikTok again too recently. Yeah, I've
3: seen people <laughs> reenact that moment. <laughs>
2: I think you need to reenact that moment. I think you need to find something to do with that sound. That'd be hilarious. But yeah, George Lopez for sure. I love that you watched Jane the Virgin though. Did you watch the entire series?
3: My wife was re-watching it. Okay. And then... I just kind of casually would watch it as it was on and I got invested into it. <laughs> so she rewatched re- re- the entire series. I don't think I watched every single episode, but enough to know what happens throughout the entire mm-hmm. show. I really liked it.
2: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's such a, a clever plot line and just the, this, the way that they created that show was really cool.
3: Yeah. I got pretty emotionally invested in that show <laughs> yeah. unexpectedly.
2: Yeah. And the guy, the lead guy, um, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but he's like massive in the movie world and stuff now, but he has his own podcast and he's a great follow just as a human being, which was really cool. Like to, you know, when like they translate from like being this person on TV to then like you follow them on social media or stuff. You're like, Oh wow. You're even better in real life. How's yeah. that possible? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that guy. I can't, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the main character guy, you should look into him cause he's really cool. I check him out. Yeah. He has a great podcast. Um, But yeah, those are my random questions, but we will wrap with more random questions at the end. So we got more to talk about Eddie coming in at number six because he asked Gavin DeGraw about the text message that... Uh, Scuba Steve and Eddie basically sent together when they were in Memphis, and well, Gavin responded, and he was very kind, as uh, we all thought he would be, because we don't ever expect Gavin not to be mean, because he's a great dude.
3: Very nice guy.
2: Um, But I don't know, you can listen to that segment on the part two and decide how you think if Gavin responded just kindly and trying to get away from the situation, or if he was actually being real. Our listeners, I will say, do agree with Eddie that he was being real. (laughs) What do you think?
3: I was there. I saw the interaction. Okay. How do you feel? I feel like Gavin is such a nice guy. And when Eddie approached him about it, he didn't second guess it. So I feel like Gavin was legit, legit cool with it. But also he wouldn't tell him to his face if he was.
2: like, What are you going to be like? No, dude, don't do that again. Yeah,
3: I think Eddie exaggerated it a little bit of how like cool he was about it. Because mm, okay. they kind of talked about it and they moved on.
2: It wasn't like this long conversation. It was like here and here.
3: No, it was pretty quick. But Eddie made it seem like he was like totally like, yeah, yeah, send them all the time. Unless they had like a separate discussion afterward, I didn't see all of that.
2: Oh, well, there you have it. I mean, you got a witness happening right here. That's what really happened. I love that. I love the other side to the story.
3: I mean, isn't that with all of our stories? Yes. That's
2: the best part of them is when the other side comes out. (laughs) Well, I do. I think he's a really great dude. And having him on the show, too, like if you missed that or performance was just so good, especially, I mean, he basically called me out. I was one of the the one tree hill watchers that then became a fan of Gavin McGraw. So, and he called that out (laughs) during his interview. Um, I did get to see, speaking of celebrities, artists, really cool ones. um, Basically my favorite person ever. And especially now Avril Lavigne Mm -hmm. in Nashville, she was doing a rooftop show with our sister station, the river. And it was so cool to see her. I will say, like, I could see the conspiracy theories being right.
3: Of her not being her anymore?
2: (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't sound the same. Like, she doesn't sound bad. Mm -hmm. She still sounds good, and she can still do all of her songs. And she did Skater Boy and Complicated. She only did four songs, but it was all acoustic. Um, But she doesn't sound the exact same. And I know that when, you know, life changes and you get older and things happen, but I don't don't know. I don't know if that's what that was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is... Those songs came out like 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. Your voice can change that amount of time.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't, but it wasn't even like she was trying to hit like high notes and stuff like that. It was like she would do runs or she'd do different things instead of doing that. And I'm like, does that, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) What are we getting here? So like, I could see it. She looks the exact same. Mm -hmm. Like she looks amazing. So from the perspective of like physically, I think it's her. But the perspective of, like, her voice and maybe personality, I don't know. It could be someone else.
3: That reminds me of, did you see that story of Billie Eilish at Coachella who she revealed that she used, like, a body double?
2: (gasps) What? No.
3: During her first show, or her first song at Coachella, she had her backup dancer, like, dressed like her, disguised as her, wearing, like, her same hair, clothes, and everything. And she went out during the first song and it wasn't Billie Eilish. Everybody thought it was.
2: What? It was Why like, did she do that? Just for fun?
3: I think it was she wanted to experience that moment of like it not being her as like an outsider.
2: Okay. Interesting.
3: So that kind of, yeah, I feel it made me kind of question of if any other artist has done that.
2: Yeah. Of
3: like, I have to do this event, but I don't want to go. I'm going to send my body double. I was going to say,
2: so was she like standing backstage like Lizzie McGuire in it? Like she was singing, but her body double was just on stage. It seemed
3: like that's what it what the case was. I feel, I feel like she's done this before to like go out and experience normal things as a normal person and get a kind of an outside perspective of like, Oh, there's my body double, but I'm over here.
2: I mean, I can appreciate it because it's like, you're seeing it from a different perspective. Right. And it gives you even more gratitude and allows you to enter a different space creatively. Right. But then there's all this level of like deceit. Yeah. And you're like, OK, if you, like, you, and then you tell your fans that they're definitely going to be like, oh, uh, is that actually her? Do I trust it anymore?
3: Yeah. Like I I'm totally fine if she just experimented with that and wanted to do that for her own enjoyment. But the fact that she revealed it is just kind of weird.
2: Yeah. Like you probably could have kept that to yourself.
3: Like that's a secret. Just, hey, I pulled it off. No one said anything. Yeah. Move on. We never have to know.
2: Or like you tell it 20 years from now kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, yeah, that first one, that's what I did but not right after it happened.
3: Yeah. Years later, she showed us in
2: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, listen, I believe it. I get it. There's, I think, I think that's crazy too. So many artists, at least that we, when they come in and they talk about it, they come in and they talk about fame and like, they really just wanted to pursue music and hoped that people loved it and connected with it. And I think so many of them get into it and don't realize the fame that comes with it is so intense. And, you just have this passionate fan base and I think it's, they love it, but they don't like, you don't like sit and think, oh, like, yeah, when I get really famous, I'm not going to be able to live a normal life. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I used to do. And life's going to look a lot differently. I don't know that that's ever really considered in the process.
3: Yeah. It's kind of like a side effect of fame.
2: Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like some get into it and they're like, Whoa, I just wanted to put out new music, hope people loved it. I didn't really want the rest that comes with it. So I you know I feel for him in the fact that like uh, it probably sucks a little bit to be famous sometimes.
3: I feel that especially as like musicians mm-hmm. because musicians get famous and it's because people connect with your music, they relate to it, they feel it on an emotional level, and they greatly associate that with you and how much they love you. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's different for other types of celebrities like actors who they can just go be in a movie. That's you know they on-screen persona but then they're very private in other aspects Yeah, it's so be can, a
2: totally different yeah, kind of,
3: there's kind of more of a disconnect there but when you're an artist going out performing these songs in front of people i feel like the fame is just so much more of a connection mm-hmm. that it's unexpected
2: totally i could not agree more especially like i the only ones that it may not Happen for is that the actors in all the Marvel movies because I do think that fan base connects with them deeply yeah. on a different level. <laughs> That's
3: a whole another level.
2: Yes. Um, do you have any artists you're seeing this year? I remember you talking about having tickets to one. Do you have any other tickets or what all you got?
3: I now have tickets to go see Post Malone, who is coming to Nashville in October. Are you freaking out? I'm. I was like, I never get tickets on presale or like track down that kind of information, but I wanted to make sure I got good tickets. Or that it wouldn't sell out mm-hmm. so i am really excited for that one
2: so you got good tickets yeah <laughs> you, you paid the good money for those seats. i
3: did i think that's like the first time i've ever really done that because for me i like smaller shows yeah i like going to club shows through work we're able to go to like big stadium and arena shows which i think are a fun experience but when i go see music for the most part i like an intimate setting And a lot of the bands I like, not a whole lot of other people like, so (laughs) I'm able to experience that. But for Post Malone, who's been my favorite artist for a very long time now, I was excited to be able to see him in that capacity.
2: Oh, it's going to be so cool for you. It's going to be a whole experience for you.
3: Yeah, because I've only seen him once in a small club before. So now it's kind of... Years later, being able to see like all of his music with all like the production and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, you're getting to see him in two different settings now, which is going to be a cool experience for you as a fan. Having been seeing somebody who's so massive now in a a small club, which is your favorite compared to now, I'm very interested to see which one would be more of your favorite after seeing him at an arena because it's that Bridgestone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see which one you're going to love more.
3: And then the other one I have tickets for is the other one I mentioned last time is Slipknot is also coming to town. <laughs> yep, <laughs> also, I remember that one. Also at, at Bridgestone. And I also went all out on those tickets too, but their tickets are a lot cheaper.
2: Than Post Malone, yeah, I'd believe that.
3: And the other concert experience I like is the mosh pit.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you like, have a plan for, for one of those?
3: And that is what I have for that situation <laughs> going on. But I will be going to that show alone. Mm. Couldn't convince my wife to go to that one.
2: Did you convince her to go to Posty with you? She
3: is going to that one. Okay.
2: But when it though.
3: comes to Slipknot's music and their look, she's like, I'm I'm not into that. <laughs> she'll,
2: she'll be like the, the best wife ever. She'll drop you off and be like, have a good time. I'll pick you up later. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Which I think I'll enjoy it more that way. I think I would feel like I'd have to convince her the entire time like this is fun. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather if she's not into it at all, like I just go, I have my my fun and then I come home.
2: Well, there's also probably a layer of protection, too. If she's not anticipating going to something like that and you're getting pushed around in a mosh pit, you're like, where's my wife? What's happening? Yeah,
3: it'd be more chaotic.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't be as focused on the enjoyment of the situation. You'd be more like, I got to worry that she's okay." I feel like because those mosh pits can get very intense.
3: Yeah, they can. I feel like it's it's very like secure though. Everybody takes care of each other. Like if any, it's not like a. It's you like go- a
2: a carefree chaotic. <laughs> yeah,
3: like there is moshing and it is a lot of movement. People may fall on you, but everybody picks each other up if they fall down. The band is very. They'll look out in the crowd if anybody's like struggling Mm -hmm. they'll you know hey stop the show and they'll help somebody out so it's a very I feel like safe environment of how compared to how chaotic it may seem and how maybe some people think that's dangerous it's really not it's just fun
2: I don't feel like it's dangerous but I do feel like you'd have some worry and anxiety associated if your wife was also in there with you yeah that's true That's a different layer for you than you've ever had as far as going into (laughs) so I think it would change things a little bit but uh, I've never been in one of those. I don't. I don't anticipate that will happen. So I will just um, love to hear the stories from your experiences.
3: I will bring them back.
2: <laughs> um, do you? When we when you were talking about music too, you were talking a little bit about this to me. Like when you listen to an artist like a postie, do you love listening to an album? Do you prefer when they just drop a bunch of singles? What is like your vibe with music?
3: I think when it comes to artists, I'm like a massive fan of. I'm all about albums because I feel like they kind of tell their story and cover like a specific part of their life. Mm -hmm. And I like to go back and go through their entire albums of like, oh, this is when they were going through this. This is another album that maybe helped me more personally what I was going through. And I associate all those albums from my favorite artists with a very specific time of my life. So I like the album experience. If they put out an album, I will listen to it from start to finish. And I feel like there's an art to it and it kind of makes me sad that like other artists just put out singles i feel like those come and go so quickly that it doesn't really add any i think it takes away a little bit more from the art
2: yeah it's not as much depth as a full album yeah Mm
3: -hmm. i kind of feel like music in a way has become like fast food restaurants to where they're always just pushing the new item and Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like when i get singles like oh it's just the new item that's coming out now I kind of want the whole full thing of like, here's something that was put together with the purpose, meant to be listened to from top to bottom, and just has more of a weight to it. So I will listen to albums. I also have like a record player, so I like putting on a record and listening to it all the way through. I just think it's more memorable for me, and especially for the artists that I really care about and really want to dive into, I want the full album.
2: Yeah, I get that. And I can see why you'd be like that, too. Especially you just have such a a layer of depth to you, especially like it's it's funny too. people. It gets made fun of on the show that you don't talk a lot, but you have so much depth to you as a person and just creatively and how you see things and the perspective you have. So I love that you get to have that with movies and with music, you know?
3: Yeah, it's weird that like. I have a job where the main way to communicate is talking, but yet (laughs) I don't really say a whole lot when you hang out with me. I think it's because I live in my head a lot. I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, me not having a whole lot of friends growing up. I always just kind of created this world in my head, and I think it was because I had older siblings Mm -hmm. that they went to college and left the house like sooner, and I was always just kind of the kid, seven years younger than either of them, that I grew up a lot of just keeping to myself. And I was always just like a curious kid though. So it led to me like discovering music, discovering movies and being always interested in them, but sometimes not having anybody to talk to them about. So I think that just led to me over time of being known as the quiet kid. And I think also like my parents are kind of the same way. My dad's a man of very few (laughs) words. My mom likes to talk, but... I think compared to the average person would still be seen as more of a reserved person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where I get it from, too. But then you throw me into this situation of everybody else is big personalities and talking all the time. I seem like the quiet one, which, yeah, I am.
2: You are, but you're also not. Like If, you, if I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you, just like we do this podcast, I easily could. That's why I'm saying, like, there's so much depth to you. So I want to make sure to counterbalance the message of, yes, you are quiet, Mike. But, like, there's so much to quiet, Mike.
3: Yeah, I think it's also, like, the different mediums. Like, a podcast, there's something else in my brain that works of, like, I know how to do this. Like, sit down and have a conversation with you. Or even when it's, like, on stage telling jokes. Like, that doesn't feel scary to me. (laughs) That doesn't feel weird to me. Like, talking in that capacity is a lot easier than me just making small talk. I think that's the hardest thing for me.
2: Small talk is hard. Like, let's be honest. It it doesn't matter if you're (laughs) an outgoing person or not. Small talk. I can't even say that (laughs) word. Small talk is uncomfortable and awkward no matter who you are. Yeah. We'll just put that out there too, because it is.
3: And I have a thing where I can just live in silence. Mm -hmm. Like for some people, they feel the need to fill the gap of there needs to be a conversation going. I need to say something. Otherwise this is weird. Like, I think my closest friends I could just hang out with and say a few words because we kind of connect on that level of we don't need to be talking all the time. Oh, and all the
2: silence. And
3: that's kind of where I like I can live in.
2: OK, well, and I do want to find out, too. I love that. But I do want to find out, too, what your favorite album so far of 2022 is.
3: Favorite so far. An unexpected one was Harry Styles' new album.
2: Yeah, it's great.
3: My wife listens to it a lot and... I've never been that into his music, but there's like a vibe and a feeling to the songs on this one that I found myself connecting with a lot, and I would listen to it even when she wasn't just listening to it. (laughs) And we went on a a road trip recently to Atlanta. It's about a three-hour drive, and we probably listened to that album like three or four times all the way through, back and forth. That would probably be my number two, but my number one is Post Malone's new album. Mm. I think overall it's probably... My second favorite of his that he's put out, but I feel like it's his most like emotionally fleshed out album. So I've kind of connected and learned more about him and about his struggles with like depression, with alcohol. He kind of really put it all out there. So going back to why I love albums, I like it when there's a concept and you see somebody going through something and you can kind of pick that apart in every single song so I've listened to that album nonstop since it came out like a few weeks ago.
2: That may have something do, to do with like his fatherhood too, like becoming a dad, about to be a dad. I'm not sure where that whole, <laughs> where he lies in that area, but what, we found out like six months ago that he's having a kid, so. He's had
3: the kid, yeah. He did. Okay. Yeah. I was like, he's I can't engaged. remember.
2: Yeah. Like there was this whole process and I was like, I can't remember where he's at in it, but maybe that has to do with that album too. Yeah. But uh, typically when, when an emotional chapter of your life happens, like. We tend to see emotional music that follows if they're an artist, which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And I think he's gone through a lot personally and I feel like he's happy again, which is cool to see. Mm
2: -hmm. So
3: it's weird that he puts out like his saddest album yet, but I think he's in his best part of his life that he's ever been. So it's kind of cool to see that contrast.
2: Yeah, for sure. So definitely listen to those two. I will say like. Album-wise, there's there's three that I love, and it's Carrie Underwood's denim and Rhinestones. I've been living with that, and I I love it. It's all different sides of Carrie. Brett Eldridge's new album, Songs About You, is really good, like top to bottom. Like he goes through every phase of like basically it's like he took what I was feeling in my heart and put it into songs. And I was like, okay, didn't see that coming. <laughs> um and then Avril Lavigne, her Love Sucks album is just. Chef's Kiss, like I can listen to that on repeat when I am driving, when I'm working out, anything. It's perfect. So those three and and Mike D's too. So if you wanted uh, some new music, there's five albums, which is like uh, at least fifty songs for you all to listen there you to. Go. Plenty to listen to.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of.
5: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's dot acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
1: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: good new music to listen to. We got to talk about some activities because in at number five, Jimmy Allen came in and I love Jimmy. He's just a great human. I keep saying that about a lot of them, but we really don't have bad humans coming yeah. into the show.
3: He's a fun interview. He
2: is. He's such a good time. He's so like just happy and just full of honesty. But the coolest part about this interview was him talking about becoming a professional bowler and talk about just like crazy. He's going to take a month off of his career next year And go try and be a professional bowler. Like not anything I was anticipating to come out of his mouth during that interview. And I love it because I love that people, I don't know if it was the pandemic or what happened, but I love seeing people chase the things that are exciting and they're passionate about. Something happened. There was like a a spark that got lit, and everybody's just going after all these fun new activities to do. And it may have been associated with the pandemic because we're all sitting at home like, oh, we don't have any hobbies. We need to figure some things out. Um, but I love it. I think we're in this like resurgence of like, hey, find some activities and hobbies that you love. And bowling is Jimmy's. So, Mike, do you have any hobbies or new activities?
3: It's hard to find one that's not associated with work.
2: Fair. I yes. think I
3: work so much in and- when it comes to all of my hobbies, I've somehow found a way to turn them into work. Like my biggest love was for movies, turn that into a podcast. But I think the thing I've been into recently in the last couple of years is animation.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Like as a kid, I always just loved drawing. I didn't know if I was any good at it or not, but I love drawing cartoon characters. So now in my free time, if I get any, I'll sit down with my iPad and like my digital pen and animate things, draw things, what? draw conto- cartoon characters and like very like elementary level of animation, but I find that fun. And that's yeah. the only thing I can really turn my brain off with like creatively cuz it's not really for work and just kind of explore that.
2: Yeah, I love that. You've been doing it for the last few years. We've never seen any of these drawings before, Mike.
3: I did a couple for Bobby's comedy shows that he did Uh, Last week, we created like these silent films that go between all the segments of his his live show. And there was one where we needed a Raging Idiots cartoon and we had very few limited artistic (laughs) abilities. So I was like, I could do it. I drew up a cartoon version of Bobby, a cartoon version of Eddie and the Raging Idiots story. So that was kind of the first time that, like, my art has been used in anything. Yeah. So in, in turn, yes, I turned it into work again. But that's <laughs> a little of, bit. A little okay. bit. But that's where I just find fun of just drawing something and trying to make something fun.
2: Oh, I, we need you to post this video, too, at some point so we can see the drawings.
3: Okay. Because
2: <laughs> I think that's cool. I think it's awesome that you used it and it's a passion, even if it turns into other things. I mean, ideally, you find passions that strictly say passions because it it helps you turn your brain off from work. And I know you <laughs> yeah. don't give any opportunities to turn your brain off from work, but at least you have that as the 99% thing that you can turn your brain off. You also have running, you're a big runner.
3: Yeah, that's kind of my time to reset. Mm-hmm. I think if I didn't run, I would be a lot more of an anxious person, which I already am. But that's the time where I like don't have notifications coming in. I just throw some music on and I'm really kind of able to escape I think early on when I started running, it was all to get healthy. And that was kind of my first step in that of just being able to move my body in that type of way. But now when I go run, I don't really have like a set, like I'm going to do this many miles. I just kind of run until like I want to, because it's my time to decompress and clear my mind. And it's really more now for mental health than it is anything. Like, I don't care how many calories (laughs) I'm burning when I'm out there running. It's just me needing a break in my day to separate when we leave from the radio show to going on to doing all the other things I need to do during the day. It's kind of that time to where I get just for myself and make myself feel better and energized. Like, I'll do like a 10 mile run and feel energized after, I don't feel tired. It kind of, it's like another form of like me drinking a coffee. It makes me feel better again, like mentally. And I'm ready to go on with the rest of the day.
2: Mm, that's so cool. And I love that you found that in running. I would never find that in running. <laughs> but I love that for you. I think it's really awesome and, and important because it is. It's good for your physical and your mental health. And I love when you post all your run things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one today. That was a long one.
3: Yeah. And I think overall, it's just made me like feel better in every aspect of myself. And like, that's the whole reason I tried, I made it a point to get healthy back like five, six years ago. And I found that running has benefits every other, in every other aspect, like whether it be any other kind of physical activity, like I can go play basketball and I don't get tired because I have <laughs> that cardio or just keeping me yeah healthy. And that was the whole reason I started because like my family has a history of diabetes and my dad has it, a lot of my uncles have it. It's just a genetic thing. And I knew if I didn't get healthy and change the way I was living that that would be my kind of fate too. So luckily I've been able to stay healthy.
2: Yeah. And you're still vegan. You're still doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got all the health things. Like you're already on the the <laughs> track. You're beyond health at this point. Like you're you're skyrocketing. We just have to get you to um have a little bit more work-life balance.
3: Yeah, that's a tough one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you work very hard. Mike D spends so many hours of his life working on the show, like not only when we're in studio, but at home too. So that that is potentially your next goal for, for working on things.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think just making time to where I'm fully disconnected from work is a hard mm. thing for me. I usually get like one day a week that's like, okay, that's my time to be a human which I think is the hardest part of our job is we have an area where we need to be humans to relate to people, uh-huh. but we get very few human time, which I know you can attribute yeah. to that.
2: I do. We Mike and I will, will text often, especially if we've had a super crazy busy week. And I'll be like, did you get any time to just not work at any point this weekend? And we've other kind of like a few hours or one day. That's about the, the extent of our time away from work.
3: Which I think is why we are both very much looking forward to vacation soon.
2: Yes, vacation is a great time for all of us. Though the unfortunate side of of social media is it doesn't end when we go on vacation. So I get... At least 95% turned off. There's 5% of me that still has to like go in and check and post some things. But
3: And then on my side, we still have programs that need to be <laughs> up and running. <laughs> you
2: still have to monitor. We like
3: all the shows and all the podcasts. So it's like mm-hmm. we go away, but there's still things needing to yes. come out. There's
2: never a point where I can like, and I know you feel this way. I can never 100% turn off. Mm-mm. If I turn off my phone for a week. Or screwed as far as what our socials and everything are going to look like. Same goes for you with different programs that yeah. you do.
3: I think the biggest thing, though, for vacation is turning off the email notifications. Like, I can do that because mm-hmm. I don't think I need to be on vacation worried all about, like, things coming in urgently. So that is the one thing I look forward to.
2: Yeah. And you know what? You just encouraged me because I haven't ever before. But this vacation, I'm going to turn off my email. Turn them off. I'll do all my other stuff that I have to do, but I will turn off my email.
3: Yeah, cuz that's just like a constant like flickering in your head mm-hmm. of like getting a notification like oh crap, I got to deal with that. Oh crap, I got to deal with that too. So I think you definitely need that disconnect. You will have a much better vacation if you do that.
2: I believe you. And guess guess where I'm going. Where? Disney?
3: Really? Have you ever yeah, been?
2: I've never been. It'll be my first time.
3: That's amazing. I'm so
2: excited. Like, I'm going to live it up. We're going to all the parks. We're doing all the things. And yes, I know we're going in July, but I don't have a choice. That's <laughs> our vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very hot. But, you know, that's our vacation. So you got to make the most of it when you get it.
3: What made you want to do that?
2: I mean, I've I've always wanted to go. I don't have kids. And I got um, one of my good friends to watch, Remy. So I feel comfortable being mm-hmm. able to leave her. And... I'm like, you know what? This is this is the time. This is when it has to happen. And I've been so obsessed with Star Wars and Marvel ever since I watched those during the pandemic. I'm like, I just need to go and, like, see all this in real life. And we may also stop by Universal because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So, I don't know. I'm just excited to, like, see things IRL because Disney, when, when people give me such a hard time about, like, um, not watching so many of the shows and stuff that we do – um, when I do all my reports, I literally grew up on Disney. Like, I don't think I was pulled away from Disney until I was a teenager. And even still, I was still watching Disney. Like, I grew up around it. And that was my my lifeline to, like, something that I connected with. So I think I'm just excited to see what it's like.
3: I'd be curious to hear your review of it as an adult. Because I've never been either.
2: Really? And okay. I've, th-
3: I've thought about going, but I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. I mm-hmm. feel like I would. Because it feels like even as an adult... Like yeah. a roller coaster is fun no matter what.
2: Yeah. And you're seeing all the things like even if it's I'm not a kid and yeah, like Cinderella isn't going to excite me, but I'll be like, oh, that's Cinderella. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think you can still get hyped about it in a different way. It's just it's like the little kid and you will come out. Yeah. Is what I'm anticipating.
3: Because I've been to Universal in California. OK. And I was really excited because they have like a whole Simpsons land. And I saw like the Simpsons characters like hanging out <laughs> and. Uh, My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we took a picture with him and that's like kind of when I knew. Like, hey, she sat through that picture. I think she's the one. (laughs) And I felt like a kid again. Like, it was just fun. So I can imagine that probably times 50 Uh going to Disney.
2: Yes. Oh my God. I also love that. I love that that was the moment where you're like, yeah, she's probably the one. (laughs) This is the thing. (laughs) She did two
3: things that day because one was taking that picture with those characters, these big (laughs) giant Simpsons characters. But also she doesn't really like virtual roller coasters and we went on the Simpsons virtual ride because she knew how much I wanted to Aww. and she had a miserable time but she did it
2: oh, <laughs> she had a miserable time but she did it yeah oh my gosh you know what that that is how you find the one you take them to uh, a Universal or a Disney and you find out if they're the one
3: you like roller coasters?
2: I don't. Don't and I? I hate the <laughs> stomach feeling that when you drop.
3: Oh, that's my favorite I hate feeling. It. I
2: hate it. It's like it gives you so much anxiety, and I don't know why. It's always been that way. But I, you don't, you never know. Though I do have like. Um, super bad like nausea and stuff so I'm a little worried about going on some of these (laughs) rides but I'm just gonna you know what I'm gonna go go for it full force and just hope for the best
3: (laughs) oh I I live for that feeling like Mm. that first drop in a roller coaster where your stomach just goes all the way up and you just get so much joy you can't help but laugh like that's my favorite feeling at a roller coaster
2: (laughs) that'll be my my dad and my sister it was always my mom and I hanging out on the ground while my dad and sister did all the roller coaster rides growing up because I just never I, d- I would do all the other ones, but then I learned as I got older, I can't also do all the other ones because I'd vomit. <laughs> so, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the rides, but I do plan to do some of the virtual ones because I don't want to miss out on anything. So, um, I just don't know about the legit roller coasters. <laughs> I probably won't do those. Uh, but, yeah, I, we are going to Disney. Are you doing something for vacation?
3: We're going to the beach.
2: Oh, fun. Okay.
3: Which, I don't really love the beach And I think it's because I have that inability to relax Mm. that I don't really know what to do at the beach. Like, I can go get in the water for a little bit, but I don't really like just hanging out in the heat on a beach. And my wife really enjoys that aspect of it. She just likes being out by a body of water and reading a book. But I think for me on vacation, it's so hard to get to that point to where I'm able to relax and enjoy things. Yeah. And I, when I... I'm kind of more of like a go to a city type of person and, and explore, explore city, go to restaurants, go to like museums, go to sporting events. Like I think that's what I kind of enjoy more. So it'll be, it'll take me a while to get used to it, but I'm getting more <laughs> excited about it as we go along.
2: I think you deserve some relaxing and I think it's going to be really fun, but um, it's funny to me that you don't like the beach. Yeah. Would you like if you could do activities?
3: Yeah, I think so, which my wife is trying to plan out some things for us to do. Okay. Like go out on the water, go on some kind of like exploration type things because I Mm -hmm. get more enjoyment out of having an activity to do. Yeah. So I think it'll be a mix of doing those types of here's an event we're going to go do and then here's also just time for us to relax.
2: Yes. Well, it sounds like you're going to get a little bit of both, which sounds like it'll be perfect for both of you.
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah. So... I think probably day two will be the time (laughs) where I'm like, okay, I can enjoy this. We're here. I'll try to relax and then I'll be able to enjoy it a little bit more. Mm
2: -hmm. I think you'll have fun. You just have to, you have to keep your mind open. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to keep it open. And I think you guys are going to have a great time. I, um, what was I going to say too? Oh, you reminded me when you were talking about what you love to do. Have you ever been to DC?
3: Yes, I have.
2: Uh, did you love D.C.?
3: I love D.C. Mm-hmm.
2: I was going to say, if you hadn't been, like, that's where you would love.
3: Yeah, I love going to see all the historical things. Mm-hmm. There's just kind of an energy to D.C. Of it feels like you're somewhere where important things are happening. And just going to... We were able to go to the Capitol and get a tour of that. And it's just, I love that city. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. It's so
2: cool. There's so much to DC. Like, I don't even think you can get it all in in a week if you wanted to.
3: Yeah, there's so much to that. I haven't been with my wife, though, and she really wants to go. So that's the city on our list to go back to.
2: So maybe you guys are going to the beach for her. Maybe you can go to the city on the next one.
3: Yeah,
2: city, city, is the next one. <laughs> okay, the trade-off. I get it. That's what. Hey, that's what happens when you get married. Yeah. You know. And speaking of being married, y'all have been married a year now. I'm I'm going into this because lunchbox man, he had a, a tree branch hit his house, and I shouldn't be laughing, but and I'm not trying to, <laughs> um, but like it hit his house and. It, created three holes in his ceiling and like the the pictures and everything are crazy which you can see at bobbybones.com and like i look at lunchbox i'm like man he's just being tested in more ways than one lately (laughs) and it just made me think of y'all being married have you learned like anything in your marriage or have you been tested lately and you're like what is happening
3: i think what i've learned in the first year is for me not to say the first thing that comes to my mind Mm. i think because i don't know because i I am more of a quiet person. Sometimes the first thought I have is me not fully thinking something out and not thinking of how somebody else is going to react to that. I think I also just have like a weird social thing about me (laughs) of like, sometimes I say things like, why did I say that? And I remember like the first argument we had was we were, she was unloading the dishwasher and I hadn't been doing it. Like the dishwasher duties just never fell on me because my wife always did it. And then she was like, I kind of need some help, you know, unloading the dishwasher. And the first thing that came to my mind that I said was, well, to be fair, they're mostly your dishes. (laughs) And that's just what I thought of. And that was not the thing I should have said in that Mm -hmm. situation. And since then, I have been the one unloading the dishwasher. (laughs) So I just think I have this. It's not that I think a mean thing. It's not that I think like a negative thing. I just don't really mean sometimes the first thing I say, it's kind of just for anybody to run something through like a like a quick filter in your brain of like, is this actually what I mean? Should I be saying this first and then say it?
2: Yeah. Think about it. And that's so hard, like because you're just reactionary, right? Yeah. It's really hard to be like, I I don't remember what they call it, but like thought first and then react. (laughs) That's hard. That's a tough thing for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that—that that is a funny thing. <laughs> out of your mouth.
3: Yeah. I you think poor you wife. I think I just had to think more of that we're a team. And whenever I say things that I have to actually say what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, it is running that filter of don't say the first thing that comes to your head because you're a dummy. You're probably <laughs> saying something dumb. It's going to get you in trouble. Think about it again. Find the real thing you want to say and then say that thing.
2: But you know what? At least you're recognizing it and you're working on it. Yeah. That's more than a lot of people can say.
3: I've had very few slip ups since then. <laughs> yeah. I'll still say how I feel. I just kind of run it through like, that's not how I mean to say it.
2: Yeah. You just find the right words to articulate what you're saying instead of it just being like. Blah, blah, blah.
3: And it's also how you say it, too, yeah. which I also have to work on. <laughs>
2: You got to make sure your tone is kinder or is it um, not as abrasive? What is the tone that you have? I
3: can be pretty abrasive and like blunt Mm. because sometimes I think of things very analytically and I'll say it just as a matter of fact type thing. And that at times takes away a lot of the empathy that it just feels like I'm just stating a thing and that Mm -hmm. can kind of cut a little more. So I need to have more of a, just an emotional approach to it, which is hard for me to like dig out real emotions <laughs> and feel things.
2: Yeah. She's making you be, be more emotionally and aware.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's done that a lot. Cause I think I have trouble expressing how I feel like I can love something so much, be so appreciative, appreciative of something, but it's hard for me to get that out in words Going back to the birthday thing, I think that's why I also don't like birthdays. It's, it's hard for me to accept that kind of like people thinking about me. Mm-hmm. I always feel like people are going to forget about my birthday and think about it after the fact. So it's hard for me to have that kind of emotional. This is how I feel and want to express that.
2: Yeah, I understand. And that's um that's some things that it sounds like you're trying to work through, which I am proud of you for working through. Because most people could just be like, Nah, it's fine. That's who I am. But you're trying, you're trying to figure it out and you're pushing through it, even though it's not easy.
3: Yeah, I can recognize all the things wrong with me. I keep a running list.
2: (laughs) Uh, But don't do that. (laughs) Do not keep a running list. But I appreciate when people love to evolve and grow despite how difficult it is, because that's hard. The reality is, is when things are hard, it's easier to run away. Mm -hmm. What's more rewarding, though, is to stay and figure it out. Like if it's something that can be figured out and worked through, it's worth staying. But, you know, again, it's just like a natural reflex, just like you're talking about with when we talk. It's like, I'm just going to run away because I don't want to face my problems. I don't want to face what's happening because that's easier. That's an easier solution.
3: I think that's what kind of led me to now being married. Like, I would get, you know, scared before in other situations of anytime there'd be anything weird or off, like, I'm out. I think it was learning that just because you have disagreements, just because it feels like this is too hard at any point. Being able to work through it and coming out on the other side. It's worth like you have to work for it. And that
2: is what we call a man <laughs> with emotional maturity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Love that. Sorry. Go on. I just had to. I had to applaud you.
3: Yeah. You just you you become a better person when you are able to work through those things and know that it's going to be hard but the end result is going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I've learned in anything when it came to losing weight. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And it's knowing that yeah, this is going to suck having to be this disciplined, having to stick with this routine, but you're trying to achieve a goal in the end. And once you get to that goal, it's going to be amazing, but you have to put in the work. So I've kind of applied that same mentality to my own, you know, personal relationship now.
2: Yes. I mean, just go well, clap for, for my D. I'm serious. I mean that so wholeheartedly because it takes so much growth and just evolution of a person to be able to see things that way and grow to become that person, to have the life that you're having. So- I really do applaud you. I don't want to clap loudly, but I'm golf clapping. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna keep moving to really exciting things happening for for people on the show too. Um, Ray Mundo, Eric Dodd, and phone screener Abby released Vacation Part Two. All right, Mike. The big question: Do you like Vacation Part One or Vacation Part Two best?
3: I like Vacation Part One. Mm. I felt like that was an, like an event when it came out. It was. It, it, it was, was a so, whole thing. It was so unexpected. Ray having the rapping part. <laughs> and Ray it,
2: writing a song, period. <laughs>
3: Ray writing a song, period. And it had like this fun vibe to it that I think everybody loved. And like I put it on like my own personal playlist mm-hmm. when it came out because I like listening to it because it made me feel happy. I think Vacation 2 is good. It's just... I don't feel like it has that same theme to it. The vacation mm-hmm. theme kind of went away from vacation.
2: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, we it always has been said that the sequels are always the hardest. It,
3: sequels are tough. Mm-hmm. I think he should make it the trilogy, though.
2: Yep, he needs one more to one, f- close it out.
3: One more to close it out, and then we'll see how the vacation saga when, unfolds. Wh- what did he
2: say when he is daddy season? <laughs> when his
3: daddy says it, That's the song I want to hear, the emotional vacation.
2: Yeah, even though I think this one is a little bit of a, uh, we got a little bit more of a sultry side of vacation on this one
3: it's the mellowed out beach vibe Mm -hmm,
2: for sure still beach vibe but it's definitely like it's like you're saying you're relaxing on the beach the first one you're partying it up on the beach they the
3: white claws the Mm -hmm. pool
2: (laughs) the whole thing you know and i I will tell you speaking of just like outdoors and doing things so i picked up um a a new hobby of rollerblading and my Uh, I got injured so bad I like I wish I could like show pictures of this, but I can't because it's my butt. Like I'm not putting that out there on the Internet. I have never had a worse injury in my life and I've been injured a lot. I so what happened is I, I tried rollerblading for the first time. I was not even two minutes into rollerblading in my neighborhood, which is, you know what? Mistake number one, because Tennessee is not like Kansas. It has so many hills and so many bumps mm-hmm. and cracks and, all, and our roadways our are not good here. Um, and so I went two minutes in our neighborhood. There was a hose strung out throughout the street because of construction in the area. And I tried to step over it and break. And I just went on my butt and on my hands and all the things. I thought like my hand injuries were really bad at first. And that was like the worst one. And then I saw my calf, which had some road rash on it. I was like, okay. I mean, my butt hurts really bad, but I'm just going to believe that it's just, you know, it's just hurting a little bit. So I had, I got up from my, my phone. I like kind of like hump, humped my, not humped. Like I like, uh, stumbled, hobbled. Hobbled. Yeah. That's what I, you knew what I was looking for. Hobbled over to like the side. Cause I was in the middle of the street, hobbled over the side. And I just sat there. Cause like, you know, when you get injured, when your body gets injured, you like immediately go into almost shock where you're just mm-hmm. like really nauseous and green and like your whole body's like, what's happening? Yeah. So I'm just like sitting there on the sidewalk for like 10 minutes trying to like gather myself. And then I walked down the little hill in the grass. I did not go back on the thing. And I skated around on like a flat area for all of about three minutes because I was like, I can't end on that note. That was not a good start. And I'm just choosing to believe at that point I was not very injured. Um, and I skated around a little bit and I'm like, okay. And I I can go back up the hill. Going up the hills was easy. Like I could do that. And so I went all the way back up to the hill to the corner by my house. And at that point, I saw another downhill. I took off my roller skates and I walked home in my socks
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, went home. And I got myself all like bandaged up. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Next day. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad.
3: It hurts the next day. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it was getting much worse And the bruise. my My whole left butt was basically just a giant black, purple and blue bruise with road rash on it. And I was like, yeah, that hurts pretty bad. That does not feel good. And as the week has progressed, it has now the entire, not only is my left butt that way, (laughs) but now my whole, my whole tailbone is bruised. It's all black, blue and purple. It's like, I literally look like I got, I went through some kind of serious trauma. (laughs) Like it's so bad and I can't walk i can't go running i can't um like do half of the workout stuff i used to do i tried to go to gymnastics and thank goodness it was bars night because that was the only thing i could do um that did not involve my butt but like any impact on it i can't like do things with it hurts to sit it hurts to walk (laughs) i really did a number on myself
3: so are you hanging up the roller skates
2: no, I'm not gonna let it deter me, but I am gonna get pads and stuff before I go out again. <laughs> um, I did get a told you so from my dad when he said I needed some safety gear that I did not have on. Um, but also like there's not really butt pads out there.
3: That's true.
2: So like I think the butt injury was gonna happen regardless, unfortunately. Um, but I and I did learn I'm no longer going to skate in my neighborhood. It is going to be on a somebody told me about like a old air track
0: in mm-hmm. town
2: and I'm going to go and they're like, it's like a giant loop and it's all flat. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I need. <laughs> I don't need any, any hills of any kind.
3: Yeah. I stopped skateboarding a few years ago. Mainly. Did you get injured? No, but I knew it was coming. Oh, I realized like, I love skateboarding. It was fun for me. That was kind of my hobby before, but I realized that I was asking for it because you do fall. I learned how to fall, which was probably saved me for a lot from a lot of injury.
2: How do you learn how to fall? You kind of
3: learn how to catch yourself to where you're not going to injure anything that you fall on. And I've learned from that how to just fall correctly, which has helped me not break anything. But I still get scraped up from time to time. Because you're going to fall when you're on anything on wheels. That's true. (laughs) And I would go to parking garages where there was one by me where I used to live and no one would park there on the weekend. So I would just go and have totally flat service because that's another hard thing to do. (laughs) And that's kind of where I gained all my skills back and learned how to just be on a board, learn how to fall in a controlled environment. (laughs) But I kind of made the decision of one day I am going to hurt something, going to break something, and I had to hang it up.
2: So you hung it up for good or you hung it up for the meantime? Probably for
3: good, I think. I still have my skateboard in my trunk just because, I don't know, I find a situation where I'm hanging out somewhere in my head and I'm like, <laughs> hey, pull out my skateboard and do something. But I think for now, yeah, like like you said, you can't run or do other things. <laughs> I feel like if I injured myself to that, that I would be upset with myself and mm-hmm. be like, man, you can't do the other things that you get more enjoyment out of. So, yeah, I have now retired from that, but... It is fun, <laughs> and I think you'll really enjoy it once you get back started. I'd say look up like a YouTube video on how to fall correctly, <laughs> get the pads, and then maybe next time it won't be so bad. Oh,
2: my gosh. I hope so. Mike, If I get another injury like this, I'm, I'm out. I'm done from doing any type of activities because this is brutal. Like I'm even tossing and turning in bed trying to figure out the best way to fall asleep.
3: Yeah, I mean, I started skating as a kid and some of the like scars and stuff I have on my hand are as a result of that, so the scars will stay with you.
2: Yeah, they're always there, and I do. like. Thankfully, everything else is kind of gone, but that man, that butt one is going to stay with me for a while. Um, so yeah, but you know what? If the air track, the, the little area that people were telling me about goes really good, then I'll tell you and you can come skateboard. And I can rollerblade. And that can be a controlled environment.
3: There you go. (laughs) Flat surface. Yes,
2: but I think I need at least two months off. And I will say, like, I rollerbladed all the time growing up. So Mm -hmm. that's why I was like, you know, balls to the walls, I got this again. (laughs) I mean, I went back to gymnastics and it was there. Not the same. Not at all the same. My mistake. (laughs) Totally my mistake. So um, that was my very important lesson learned recently. And thank you for for rubbing it in that I feel bad about myself about (laughs) it. Now that I officially feel bad about what I did to myself, um, we are going (laughs) to go in with some happy things. Because coming in at number two, Bobby shared his top five country music videos of the 90s. And I know, Mike D., that you got a list of the top, 90s tv shows yes and i want to hear them because i got a i got the top disney original movies (laughs) Ooh, that's a good one too (laughs) yeah i want to hear yours though
3: for my list i was born in 91 so i think a lot of my formative years were like in the mid 90s later 90s and i kind of associate a lot of my childhood with all the great animated shows i think a few of the sitcoms really stood out to me but i watched them kind of later in life of going back and watching like all the TGIF shows. So I think I kind of associate my time with like that golden age of Nickelodeon.
2: Oh, yes. but it's a great, great
3: great, era. Great great era. So I think that'll reflect my list a lot. But at number five, I went with Full House. Mm,
2: Great, great show.
3: I think of all like the actual sitcoms, that was like the best one, the one I've seen every single episode. And that I just remember loving the most because it was funny but you also kind of learned a little bit as the show went along Mm -hmm. and I think I've had the most emotional connection with those characters and it's also kind of stood the test of time throughout all the years of them coming back with like Fuller House I feel like that was like the show of the 90s
2: it was and I still say oh gosh what what was one of the catchphrases I still oh my lanta
3: yeah (laughs) I say
2: that often still Great show and great catchphrases that came from it, too.
3: Yeah, I think it was also my sister's favorite, mm. and she would watch it all the time, so we had a lot of fun watching that together.
2: Okay, so bonding. Sister, so there was a sister sister bonding. Sister-brother bonding.
3: Bonding element to that. At number four, I went with SpongeBob, which came out
2: mm-hmm. pretty
3: much towards the end of the 90s, but when that came out, it kind of changed what cartoons were for Nickelodeon, <laughs> like became the Nickelodeon cartoon, Uh huh. and... I think the humor in that has greatly influenced me over the years because even though it is a kid's show, there's like so many great comedic elements to it that I think I go back and I, I'm inspired by Spongebob when writing like jokes and mm-hmm. comedic things. Like I pull things from that because of how funny it was when I was a kid and still think it's funny to this day.
2: It still is. Like if it was on TV, I'd watch it. And I, I was just looking up because I was like, I don't remember a time when I watched, like, the same episode over. It was typically a lot of new episodes. I was seeing how many seasons there are.
3: I mean, it started in 99 and has been going ever since. So I can only imagine there's at least...
2: 13 seasons. Yeah. It said that the 13th season began in October of 2020. So it sounds like they might have had a break because of the pandemic and stuff. Um which I'm not sure how that all works with animation and, and everything, but I assume everybody got wasn't allowed to work, so that's just what I assume at this point. But yeah, 13 seasons of SpongeBob, and it is still going. You're right. So there are new episodes out there?
3: New episodes. They've had movies out since. So
2: I saw the movies, but I did not realize they've been creating new episodes, and now I kind of want to go watch SpongeBob. <laughs> okay, what you got at number three?
3: At number three, I went with Rugrats. Ooh, which I think yeah. was my favorite Nickelodeon show growing up. And I just remember how how invested I got in that show and how I loved all the toys that came from that show. I just think that was the best Nickelodeon show that I remember watching the most.
2: Mm-hmm. That was a great one. I'll just leave it at that. That was a great one.
3: That's the perfect one. It is. At number two, I went with Pokemon.
2: Oh, yeah. Huge Pokemon fan over here. Yeah.
3: That show changed my life. <laughs> Because I was so into the cards and the TV show made all those cards and all those moments kind of come to life. And that was the only show that I like had to rush home to watch. I just have that memory of coming home, turning it on and be like, oh man, this is the episode with Charmander. Like I, It was so exciting to me to watch every single episode. I would tape them on VHS so I could watch them <laughs> again on the weekends. They used to like play music videos that I would record. I've just never been that big a fan of something, I think, ever in my life that I loved every single episode, all the movies, and now still have the cards.
2: I was going to say, so much so that you bought all the cards. Yeah. And who is your favorite Pokemon character?
3: Probably Charmander. Mm-hmm. I was always drawn to, towards the fire characters.
2: Fair. Pyros.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hidden Pyro in myself. <laughs>
2: I mean, you did want to get pepper sprayed, so I think that all goes. Just something the same with thing.
3: fire that I'm fascinated with. <laughs>
2: yes. Okay, but since Pokemon's at number two, I'm now curious as to what's at number one. As much as you loved Pokemon,
3: number one TV show of the '90s would be The Simpsons.
2: Mm. Okay, makes sense. You just talked about your love for them when you went and saw them in California. They're mm-hmm. they're. It's not their studios, right? It's just like a um, park of them.
3: Yeah, right? they have a, a park, like a, a wing of it at Universal. In California, they also have, like, where they actually make The Simpsons, mm-hmm. where, which I've seen before. It's in our in our iHeartRadio building in Los Angeles. There's Wait, a, really? There's a, there's a level where they actually, like, animate them. I tried to get onto that floor, but whenever you get out on the elevator, it's basically just, like, nothing. You don't get to see anything. I just wanted to see that because I knew that's where they, like create them, and they'll ship out some of the animation from there.
2: Did they have, like, security there so you couldn't go any further?
3: Yeah, you can't really get into anywhere or see anything cool.
2: (laughs) You'd be like, I just want to see a Simpsons character.
3: (laughs) I just want to see one being drawn.
2: Yeah, could you imagine you walk in there, and they're just, like, drawing away, and you're like, oh, my gosh.
3: That would be my dream. But, uh, yeah, that is the show that I think shaped my... Anything comedic that I do, any kind of sense of humor that I have is because of that show. And... Their best seasons were in the 90s and that if I go back and watch old episodes those are always the ones I watch.
2: Did you ever play? And I still have the game. <laughs> Don't ask me how I found this game again. Um, I had uh, Xbox 360 and there was a Homer Simpson game where he crashes his car and he does all these adventures.
3: Hit and run. Yep. Yeah. I played I, all the video yeah, games. <laughs> I
2: still have it. So if you ever want to play Simpson <laughs> hit and run, I still have it.
3: Yeah. I love playing the old arcade games. I think if I ever have like a, any kind of like entertainment room or like movie room, I want to have like an actual Simpsons arcade game.
2: Oh, that would be so cool. Like a pinball machine or would it be like a different arcade game?
3: They have, like, their own, like, old-school arcade game that's just, like, a side-scroll game that every time it's at I go to any kind of arcade in town, I always have to find that machine to play it.
2: I wonder if Game Terminal has them. Have you been to Game Terminal? No. It's a massive arcade, and they sell arcade games and stuff, too. But it's like this whole thing, and I wonder if they have that game there.
3: They probably do. That's kind of been my new favorite thing to go out to. They have some arcade bars here in town. I went mm-hmm. to one called Up Down.
2: Yes, I need to go to that one.
3: That one was cool. They had the Simpsons game there. Okay. So I like going to, again, like I feel like I need to have an activity. Mm-hmm. I don't really like going to bars just to hang out, but if there's arcade games, I'll be there.
2: Fair. I love it. <laughs> I'm all about an activity. You know, and if I think about it, like if I were to have like a game room, the, the few things that I would include would be my Xbox 360 with Guitar Hero
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, and Simpsons. Um, but then also a Game Boy so I could play Kirby Hittin' something. I don't remember, but I freaking <laughs> loved it. And um, Mario Kart and Mario something else. And Wii. Like all of those old games, I just want them. And Frogger. I love Frogger. Playing it on my computer. And Roller Coaster Tycoon.
3: I remember that. <laughs> yes, like
2: bring back all of those old games and I will be in heaven. I will live it up and you will probably never see me again. I used to play games like all that stuff religiously growing up. Like it was Disney and it was playing games. Of all these different types,
3: that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But you st- you don't play anything at all, really. I mm-hmm. guess it's a different kind of gaming experience, though.
2: Yeah, I've been I have been like really thinking. At least if I can find one like a good Wii, I want to buy a Wii because mm-hmm. I want to. I used to love playing all the stupid Wii sports and all the things on that game. Played a
3: lot over. of Wii tennis. Yeah, they're so
2: fun. Like, and I I miss that. I miss having friends come over and you play all the games. So I really want to do that. That may be the next thing I do instead <laughs> of more rollerblading. Um, is, is the Wii, um, and I can't find Game Boys or the, old, the Kirby game that I used to play. And I've tried to buy the Roller Coaster Tycoon on my phone, but it's not the same. <laughs> so, like, I've tried to find avenues for it. It's just not the same. I need the Roller Coaster Tycoon on my computer. I need the OG Wii, and I need the OG Game Boy with the Kirby game. And then I'll be happy.
3: That's a good era of games right there oh, The Nintendo. so
2: good. It was so good. I also remember, too... Um we'd have sleepovers like uh, the the girlfriends I had, gosh, and I haven't I haven't spoken to them in years, but we would have sleepovers and there was GameCube. You remember the GameCube? Mm-hmm. There was this game on there and I can picture it. I don't know what it's called, but I can picture it and we would stay up until four in the morning just playing this game together and I loved it. And it was like, we would do it every weekend. It was the highlight of like my four years that we like lived in this neighborhood and we had these sleepovers and every time we would get in trouble we're up and <laughs> playing this stupid game and I just loved it. And like, I, I still look back at that. And I'm like, gosh, I, I hope that um, kids get to have that experience in some fashion because I don't feel like games are the same now that they used to be then. And those games were just so cool. And I want it. I like if I could relive a moment of my life. It'd be that period where I had all those games.
3: Yeah, I think the thing that we had is you couldn't play games online. And when it came to multiplayer, you actually had to be in the same yeah, room all with your, all the people in the
2: room. Mm-hmm. And
3: I think that adds like another fun, like social aspect to it. Even mm-hmm. you talking about your favorite games, I think they all have like a social aspect to it of getting to play them with other people. And it's a lot different when you're hanging out like on like a Friday night with your friends playing video games than mm-hmm. just being in a room by yourself. I think there's, they're both great, but there is something about having that interaction with somebody else together and staying up late. I remember doing that too. It's
2: so fun. Fond memories. If only we could relive that area. <laughs> there's that area, area, area. Why can't, why can't I say <laughs> era of life in general, the nineties, which is what we're talking about. Um, but I love your list. Nailed it. Like great list. What is your favorite catchphrase from Simpsons?
3: Oh, probably eat my shorts.
2: (laughs) Eat my shorts. Oh, yeah. They use it and they use them all in that hit and run game too, I think. So I think I remember that one.
3: I remember having a t-shirt that said that. And that's, I think there were more in the catchphrases in the 90s. -hmm. That's like when, that's kind of what made that show early on is all the catchphrases. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. I love that. Uh, A lot of my, the things I say in normal everyday life come from the Simpsons like I'll just say (laughs) things randomly that I've been saying them for so long that I don't realize that they're just Simpsons quotes me saying over and over they just become a part of my vocabulary
2: is there any like that come top of mind for you that are in that
3: I think uh there's a scene in one of the episodes where I've been saying for a very long time the goggles do nothing and it's just a random scene (laughs) from the Simpsons I even quote like the special features, <laughs> which is how hardcore I got into The Simpsons. I had them all on like the box set, DVDs, and I would watch every single deleted scene. I would watch the commentary to the point that I am realized that I quote even some of the deleted scenes.
2: <laughs> so you will know when you find like your best friend in life, when you meet someone who can also quote all those. And if you say one, they're going to know exactly where it came from.
3: Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's what we're searching for now. <laughs> Um, I love that. And Simpsons is just a great one in general. That one's still on too, isn't it? It's still on. Gosh, all the good ones are still on, but not Rugrats. <laughs> Bummer. Um, I do have my top five Disney original movies. You ready? Yes. Coming in at number five, Smart House. Good one. Great movie. Still is relevant to this day. <laughs> Actually predicted our future a little bit. <laughs> um, four is Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah. Did you like that one?
3: I feel like that was more like, girls who (laughs) enjoyed xenon
2: i did it wasn't until it was about four years ago i finally dressed up as xenon for halloween and everybody was like oh my god xenon it was like a a girl like if you bonded with girls you watch xenon yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um three is halloween town
3: okay i like that one
2: still a classic in the the girl and guy in that movie are now married today oh they are or they're at least dating (laughs) one of the two um number two is high school musical That was like, there there are no other like originals that truly like defined pop culture than High School Musical. Um, And I loved it. But it was not my number one for a good reason. Because Lizzie McGuire is my girl. So the Lizzie McGuire movie came in at number one.
3: That is a great one.
2: (laughs) That's my list. What do you think? How did I do?
3: That's a really good list. I think that leans more towards probably what you identify with more Mm
2: -hmm. what would you add to there There there's like there's a few that i left off brink was one of them that's
3: one of my i like the sports ones Uh uh-huh i like brink johnny tsunami
2: yep there was double team the two tall twin girls the basketball one
3: and then i also love the even stevens movie Uh
2: uh-huh even stevens was great
3: but yeah i think i was drawn a little bit more towards the sport ones i think brink was one of my favorite ones for a long time
2: brink would have been my honorable mention like that was on my list and i was like nah. But I do think I leaned more of the feminine side on my <laughs> movies for sure. <laughs> All the ones that lean towards the girls. Because Lizzie McGuire, I still want to live out my Lizzie McGuire dreams of going to freaking Europe and being having a doppelganger that's famous. Like, how crazy would that be if that actually happened in real life? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but yeah, there's our, there's our nostalgia walk down the 90s. And now we got to talk. Some random questions to close this whole thing out. We started with random questions. We're ending with them. Love it. And in at number one is Lady A. They came in and they performed Bobby's favorite songs of theirs. They talked about their whole career. They've been together 16 years. Like, just an incredible interview performance. All the things which you can listen on the part two of Best Bits or you can go watch at bobbybones.com. So, random questions to close out this weekend's Best Bits and Mike D's birthday. What villain would make the best therapist?
3: Ooh, villain would make the best Mm -hmm. therapist.
2: And I got one, so I'll let you think. Loki. You know why? Because he's so freaking clever, and he is actually kind of nice, and you actually kind of love him, even though he's a bad guy. (laughs) So I think Loki would make a great therapist.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. It's hard to think of a villain as a therapist, because they're all wanting to do something awful towards Mm -hmm. you. The one that comes to mind is Scar from The Lion King.
2: Uh, He did give some very insightful words of wisdom. (laughs) I remember
3: his conversation with Simba, and even though he had an evil plan, I feel like he is a good listener, and he could help you out with your problems, even though he may not have your best intentions (laughs) in mind. I think of all the villains, I could see him being a good therapist.
2: That's fair. That was a a very in-depth analysis, and (laughs) I appreciated it. I think I've
3: gotten so... Especially when it comes to movies, I've learned to, I can break down even like an animated movie and pull apart things. I think as I've grown as a movie reviewer, I found like that's my new kind of set of skills Mm -hmm. of like I have to pull things apart. And sometimes I watch something that isn't that great. And I'm like, well, I got to do a whole review on this thing. I got to pull some things (laughs) apart. So when I watch something, even like The Lion King now, I start thinking about it in different ways.
2: You know, that's very fair. And it's very adult of you to do that. (laughs) Um, What is the most useless word?
3: Useless. Mm -hmm.
2: I don't even know that I have one like prepared for this. But while you think about it, I'm going to look up useless words on Google. And see what they come up with because.
3: I'm curious to see what Google says. (laughs) Because I can't think of a useless word.
2: These are funny. Um, what do you got? Uh, giggle. Was <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, some of these I don't even know. Phalange.
3: Remember that from Friends. mm
2: mm-hmm. um, Gentacular, which is pertaining to breakfast. Apparently, these are huge words, and I we all know words are hard for me. I'm not going to try and say any of these. <laughs> um, like make bake make bait. I don't freaking. I don't know what these things mean. I need, I at like legitimate, let's see, 14 of the most useless words in the English language. It's aggressive. Um, very, that, in reality, really, some.
3: I feel like if there was one word I wish I could get rid of, for me, would be like. I think probably <laughs> in this podcast alone, I found myself saying like, and yeah. people listening, like they just pick apart that word. If I could eliminate that word, it would probably save a lot of space. Yeah, it's
2: a, it's an easy filler word. It's so hard not to use it
3: when you're trying. Yeah, when you're trying to think of something, you're like like yep. that. See, <laughs> it just comes out.
2: It's so hard. So yeah, that's a good one. It
3: doesn't add a whole lot of value in those mm. situations. So
2: yeah, I feel and like it's useless. I feel like Bobby would say literally. Yeah, he doesn't like that one. Um, I use that one often, <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> I just do. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't like the word esophagus. <laughs> I don't know
3: why. It's kind of fun to say Is esophagus. It, uh,
2: it's just a weird word to me. Uh, so maybe that's in a. Uh, because isn't your esophagus basically your throat similar thing? Basically. Similar um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't have a lot for that one. Uh, if I handed you the Bluetooth, no, not the ox, because we are now in the days mm-hmm. of the Bluetooth. What song are you playing right now?
3: Oh, right now, let me pull a, pull out my phone and see what I keep like the songs I've been listening to recently. If I were to play it right now, I would probably play a song called something loud from Jimmy Eat World. That's a song. Okay, I've been is into. that new? It is a new song. I've been listening to Jimmy Eat World since like the early 2000s. And they've consistently put out good new music, but I think they made such a big impact on popular music when they put out their song, The Middle, which I feel that's probably the song people would know them most for. But they're a band I've been listening to for so long now that I've never seen live. And I really would like for them to come back to town to be able to see them because there's like 20 years of music I've been (laughs) listening to but have never been able to experience.
2: Are they still touring? They do still tour, yeah. I was going to say, then maybe next year. I don't think I've heard anything planned for this year, but maybe next year.
3: Yeah, I hope so.
2: Yeah, I believe in it. I'll put it out into the universe for you. <laughs> um, I feel like I would hit uh, Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga because it's in Top Gun and I like to pretend I'm in Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, I should specify. Um, I, I heard it before the movie came out and then I watched the movie and now I play it when I'm driving. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd play that one so we can pretend, again, like we're talking about, to be in a movie. Um, would you rather walk around with a salad for a head or broccoli for arms?
3: I'd probably go to broccoli arms.
2: <laughs> Can't you just imagine you're walking around and you got two sticks of broccoli for your for your phalanges?
3: I mean, I would eat it, so yeah, I can imagine that. You eat your
2: own hand. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so delicious. Yeah, I, I feel like a salad for a head would be pretty funny. You just, like, there's nothing there, you know? You have no <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh, what is your... This is in the last one we will end on of the random questions. Are they random enough for you? Very random. Okay. Love it. What is your favorite scent?
3: Ooh, my favorite scent. Mm-hmm. I really just like the smell of coffee. I think that is my favorite scent. Mm-hmm. Whenever I brew that first cup in the morning of having that just smell of coffee, whether it be home me making coffee, or if I go to a gas station, I like going in and smelling coffee. So when it comes to any kind of scent, if I could just have that with me all day long, I think I would feel better.
2: Oh man. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't even drink coffee and I love the smell of coffee.
3: It smells great. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, like a, it's like a whole aura around it. Is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. I would probably say a bonfire. If I smell a bonfire in the distance or If I go to a bonfire, I just love the smell of like a really good fire on a great summer night.
3: Like the smoky smell. Mm -hmm.
2: Which is weird because I don't like smelling like it. I just like smelling it. Mm. Because then when I go to a bonfire, it's all in my hair. And as a woman, it's not fun. It takes like three days to get that crap out of your hair. I hate smelling like it and I hate like inhaling it, but I love the smell of it. Weird, weird relationship with that. (laughs) But it's my favorite.
3: It's a good smell.
2: Oh, well, thanks for answering all of the random questions with me and for hanging out with me this weekend. I'm glad you came on. And um, we did record this just a few days early so Mike could celebrate his birthday, even though he doesn't want to.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: but we did just in case. Um, so thanks for joining me. Let the people know where they can find you and they can hear you.
3: You can find me on socials at Mike Distro. That's D-E-E-S-T-R-O. And you can listen to my podcast, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast on iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to this right now. <laughs> and I have a bunch of interviews with actors and directors. I have an episode coming out soon with the voice and creator of Lilo and Stitch. What? And I'm really exci- I just recorded it and I can't wait for people to hear this.
2: Oh my God, it's going to be epic. That's like your favorite guy. Yeah.
3: And it's one that I, I was able to do like a longer form interview with which I haven't been able to do a whole lot on my podcast so I think if you're a fan of that movie but if you're just a fan of Disney in general it's a really cool story about how he had this idea for a movie back in the 80s and then was able to make it a reality in the 2000s so even if you just love Disney I think you'll enjoy that episode that'll be up soon.
2: Well, I'll be listening to that. I mean, I love them all, but I love Disney. So I'm excited about that for you.
3: Yeah. And I got I d- wasn't able to get him to do the voice, which I was kind of <laughs> walking him towards. But I told myself, if I ever had him on the podcast, I would do my impression for him. And you did. And see how he reacted to it. Yes. And you'll have to hear what happened.
2: OK, I'm not I'm <laughs> excited. You also better put that on TikTok, too. Yeah, we got to put that video Um, well again, y'all I'm at web girl, Morgan on all the things you can follow all the Bobby Bones show stuff at Bobby bone show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And all of this content is up at BobbyBones.com If you want to watch it, if you're more of a visual person than a audio person, uh, that's all up there. And I love y'all. Thanks for (laughs) having, the words are hard. Thanks for hanging out with us. Mike D happy birthday. Thank you. Enjoy your 31 celebration. (laughs) You did something for your birthday already.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Bye, y'all.
0: The Bobby Bones Show. Bones.
4: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?